Get updated with the hottest news in insurance, finance, and the newest innovation in InsureTech and FinTech in these difficult times. Hear it from one of the most known and respected voices in the industry, Dr. Robin Kiera, and his guest of today. Hey guys, this is Insurance and Finance live from the headquarter of Digital Scouting in Hamburg, Germany and from London, United Kingdom. And we have nobody less than Nigel Walsh, um, a renowned insurance expert, influencer and partner at one of the largest, largest consulting companies uh, around. Nigel, thank you very much for spending the, the time with us. Hey, how are you? Really, really, thanks for letting me join you today. I haven't been enjoying the shows every day, so uh, thanks very much. Yes, and um, if you are out there uh, seeing this, if you have a question for Nigel, a comment about the topics we talk about, an own experience, best case two people can use, don't hesitate to share um, uh, what you see um, also um, uh, in the comments. That would be really, really awesome. Um, yeah, Nigel, uh, we have heard a lot about uh, what's going on in Europe and in the UK. What is the situation right now, the health situation? So really interesting. I think uh, the UK has had a very different sort of approach to many other countries. We've had a, almost had a, a measured slower entrance into the lockdown period and people were questioning what we've done. Yeah. My, my personal view is there's actually been... Uh, we've seen what's happened around the world. We've seen what's happened in China and elsewhere. But our whole approach has been panic-free. And yeah. the way in which the government has released information, given the updates, moved to daily briefings and what's not, has actually been really, really powerful for me. So I've I've actually enjoyed the way in which they've been doing those things. Um, okay. It feels like we've got to a state now where uh, we have, what, 20,000, 22,000 cases here. Sadly, a number of people... Are, um, if you track the curves, like many of us do day in, day out, uh, ha have lost their lives. But it feels like we've got a couple more weeks of uh, lockdown, which they announced yesterday again. Although they, they did say on Sunday it might be up to six months, which I think lockdown. scares people, yes. Wow. I, I think that's the longest period I heard. Um how is, I mean, uh, you're um, well entrenched, not only in the insurance industry, but also in, in other industries with your colleagues from Deloitte. Um, how is the, the mood in the, in the industry in general and in the economy in, in, in the UK? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's a really interesting point in that the, the businesses that we serve are, are span every single industry. And obviously some industries have ground to a halt. Yeah. Uh, I'm speaking of personal, personal opinion here more than anything else. Um, some industries that you see, like aviation, for example, has just pretty much been grounded with some fleets being uh, uh, grounded indefinitely, others saying we're stopping flying for now. I was actually amazed at one point the number of planes still flying, um, but that's slowly coming to a halt. Um, yeah. But other industries are thriving. I mean, just look at the number of people that are recruiting that run delivery, logistics, manufacturing um, services they truly are thriving right now, looking for more people, more talent in yeah. ways to accelerate that they never expected before. So it's a real mixed bag between big company and small company and uh, sector as well. And then um, your point about management consultants or yeah. consulting in general, look, you, you and I spoke before about this. The We're used to working in a, in a nomadic way. We, I have a, I've got no fixed address. I've got no fixed 
a desk or office. I work from client sites and that might often be a Starbucks around the corner, uh, a phone call on the way to a meeting or, or, or airport. Um, so so our, our business in that way has been broadly unaffected yeah. it, or it feels that way. Some work has definitely paused. Of course it has. But other work that we thought was going to take a while to build consensus on has yeah. just accelerated. So I think in balance, yeah. let's see. The numbers will the numbers will, will, will tell everything in a couple of months or, or so time, right? Yeah, totally. I really like the approach that you say, okay, it's not all negative, but let's see also at the chances, the opportunities, let's see at the industries that are working well. You're talking about clients that, you know, the consensus process was accelerated. Same over here, somewhere, you know, a little bit on hold, holding their cash together. And others said, we need to go all in and use this opportunity. Well, we already got some uh, comments. Um, so uh, Logan said hi. We say hi back. And also Cherry from Austin, Texas. We had Jenny Weiner a few days ago, an agent uh, from, from Texas here too, that, you know, was talking about the challenges on the sales uh, ground there. So, but if you have more questions, let us know. Um, yeah, good morning. Great. Oh, Cherry also says she hopes that it's not for six months. Yeah, me, me, me neither. And, and Hugo is also there. Great. Um, uh, on that though, I think if you, I mean, one of the things you'll see is everyone coming out with ideas of how these things will work out. Yeah. If we flatten the curve as we expect we will worldwide, it means there's a fixed period of lockdown and a slower release back into society, it feels like, as we once knew it. And I think whilst it won't be lockdown for six months, please, God, no, um, it will be a slow release back into what we considered business as usual previously. Yeah, I think uh, if it's six months, uh, my wife will kill me. <laughs> well, that's a different story. Uh, and by the way, probably with good reasons. Um, and... Um, um, yeah, I, I think that too. And, and maybe one thing, um, sometimes there's a little bit the feeling that, um, you know, the lockdown is over and then we go full force speed back to normal. I think that's an illusion, not only out of technical reasons, for example, planes, they need, if they stand still for a certain time, be rechecked and uh, the bits and bolts needs to exchange out of, you know, because they don't want to crash, they actually build for flying all the time. But also a lot of other things won't uh, take off uh, as quickly. So I think you don't only have the lockdown itself, but also the period afterwards. Yeah, um, but let's talk insurance. Um, how, how did insurers and InsurTech in your um, yeah in your um, in, in in the UK react? Uh, and do you have some best cases and some 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 bad cases? Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been really interesting. Obviously, the home of global insurance with Lloyd's of London and everything else here. It was sad to see the underwriting floor close uh, in the most iconic building in, in London and probably insurance, right? It's yeah. it's really sad to see it close. And I often wonder what that will mean for the return to it. Um, there was a good article on Reuters the other day that talked about from uh, Quill to QWERTY. I thought it was really nicely put. And what it highlighted was the speed at which everyone has adapted so quickly from underwriting to broking through to all the other things that we do to yeah. this digital isolated world of some sort. So actually it's, it's adapted itself very, very well to this new, new modern way of doing things that it hadn't previously done before. And back to consensus, if we try to change it and uh, the business is doing a really good job with the future of Lloyd's and whatever else right now about what it looks like, it's just had a brilliant stress test put towards it to say, this is what we need to go do going forward, guys. 
and, and what I really like about it, I have heard so many cases of, uh, I don't know, I know an MGA uh, that didn't even have remote places for a lot of workers. They just went out to some supermarket, bought some laptops because the laptop they ordered did not come. Or um, we have, uh, I just talked to a CTO of a large European insurer with several thousands of people they needed to put into um, a remote situation and they were also capable of doing it or others that describe that those internally always resisting the most now are the people that crying the loudest that their people would get the remote uh, working space, which is not only a technical thing, but it's also set of mind. You need to trust your people. You need to organize work differently. You need to work. Oh, wait a second. Agile because you cannot command everything because you're not know, standing behind the person. So um, uh, Martin Blaschke, um, uh, uh, Martin Blaschke, um, he um, in, in Nuremberg from CodeCamp N, which uh, is a subsidiary of Nuremberg Insurance, um, which produced a really cool app, but that's another story. Um, he asks um, that, or he says that, did actually Corona do more for digital transformation uh, than actually uh, the, uh, happened in the last five years? And um, yeah, what do you say? Uh, yeah, you know, there was a, a, an article I was reading from a, a, a chap online that talked about an investment bank that said yeah. publicly it has accelerated their digital transformation efforts by two to three years. So often when you're doing project delivery, on large scale, you often look for what's the pressure from the right? Where's the burning platform? Where's the thing this needs to be done for and why? And I talked about in an article I wrote this morning about uh, the future of work turned up overnight and we just adapted. So I think actually it has accelerated a lot of people's efforts. Yeah. What we have to what we have to avoid now is going back to the world as we knew it and leverage all the cool things that we've done. So yeah. go back to insurance, for example. Um, I worked in contact centers for many years before I joined insurance, and we always used to cite JetBlue in North America. Now, JetBlue, for example, since 1999 have had um, no physical contact centers. They've always yeah. had both dispersed people, which means it's always worked. The technology's never been the issue, but we've put people, thousands of people together in contact centers, service centers, delivery centers, and given this is affecting everyone, I really wonder about what the operating model of the future might look like for those guys. Super interesting because we, I think we see a lot of tasks that don't need physical proximity now. Uh, when you can operate a call center with thousands of people remotely, why should you actually return? I think it's also super interesting case for the real estate industry. You know, what's going to do happen with commercial real estate? Um, if you don't need this ivory towers of, of economic power anymore. And Ashley, by the way, she, from, from Colorado, she just dropped the line and said, um, you know, um, um, they changed their whole MGA with 50 employees in a day because they were prepared. And I think it's a little bit like sports. And back in, you know, we were all walking and some of us were doing sports and exercise just because of the fun or because we were nerds. And now we all need to run. And you see now who has been, you know, in shape and who has not. Um, don't, don't get me wrong, though. The, the thing... The thing we mustn't lose, though, is the human contact. And the one thing yeah. that's driving me mad is I'm lucky enough to be in a home with my wife and kids and we all talk and get on. And as you said, let's ask that question in 10 or 12 weeks' time or six weeks' time. Um, whilst yeah. the operating model will change, the desire for human interaction will not. I, yeah. mean, I find it really odd when I go for a walk with the family or whatever else and you physically walk to the other side of the street because – it's the right thing to do during social distancing, right? So yeah. 
you don't walk next to each other like this. I, I think I'm, I'm confident lots of that stuff will come back, but yeah. lots of the stuff that we used to do because it was in one place doesn't necessarily, doesn't necessarily need to. Now we've solved the, you know, at, at one point laptops were as hot property as toilet roll. I wasn't sure which one was uh, was more valuable, toilet roll or laptops. But now we've got laptops for thousands of people um, working at home or mobile capability with Citrix or whatever other equivalents yeah. are out there. Um, we, we've all proved to ourselves we can do this. So yeah, actually, what, what I'm asking myself is, I think the industry, the if you would have asked me if uh, the insurance industry would be capable within, I would say, 10 days around the world to go fully uh, remotely to find solutions, regulatory, but all operational for a lot of problems that would have taken years normally, I would have said um, what you probably would have had for drink, you know, and not, you know, have a serious discussion. And now it happened. What do you think are the next topics, actually? Now we are remote. We work a little bit uh, like that. I think we all see that we are now going into normal mode right now in different corners of the world, even though we are working remote. What do you think are some other topics Corona did not fix yet, but we could with this spirit in the industry? Yes, I agree with you, by the way. If someone said to me, could you move the industry globally to this remote working? I would have probably said, you know what? It's probably possible. We're never going to see it. And I'm wrong, right? I admit yeah. it. I, me I, too. There are certain things that we have to be thankful for, look for the positives. Yeah. I, uh, as we go through this, the one thing I worry about now is mental health, for example, for the people yeah. that are here during this process. We talk about isolation, whether you're living on your own or living in, living with someone you don't want to be living with. We've seen lots of examples of that. Um, yeah. or living in a situation, I've got a friend in Tokyo I spoke to at the weekend, and they have to sign an oath to say they've got a space to work. So um, not everyone is equal or has equal opportunity to do the things we do today. So I generally worry about people's mental health now um yeah. what will it solve going forward i think it's proven that um we will adapt much more quickly than we can and dare i say for years to come people will reference the you know what's your uh, pandemic moment if this thing happens and no one could no one can relate to this we can all relate to a fire a building being out a bomb scare a terrorist attack maybe from afar but yeah. not everyone's experienced this I think now everyone has physically experienced what this change means. Yeah. The net result will be able to relate differently to those tasks. So I think it will hopefully speed things up going forward. Whatever we choose to do, whether it's yeah. digitization, whether it's changing what we've done because it's the way we've always done it and going, well, I'm not really sure we've done it. We've always done it that way. And that's not just insurance. That's every industry. Everyone sat there and gone, let's yeah. take our paper form and put it onto a web form. And we've yeah. sat with us outsiders going, well, why do you need the form in the first place? Just use external data or whatever it might be. So I think it's opened people's minds much more to trying new things and giving uh, giving people the opportunity to believe it's possible. So yeah. in 10 days from Formula One teams and, man and car manufacturers is yeah. outstanding. Um, more of that. And I think, I think we are in the insure tech side, some people were working out how we leverage the insure techs into pilots and then they slowly yeah. roll. Out. Does this now mean that we give it a bigger go quicker or will they just go straight to production? So, for example, that's a good question. That's a good question because that changes the process how things have been done. Another question I have we talked a lot about yeah. um, operations. What about sales? Are 
do people in the UK still buy insurance policies? And what do you hear from the sales divisions? Yeah, so, so in that Reuters article, they talk about one of the brokers doing, I think, two to 300 or three to 400 meetings a month. Yeah. I think the, the, broker, the brokerage space in this new world is going to be really interesting. And I often break it down between retaining your existing book and as an insurance customer, you may choose to stay where you are because you have the relationship, you've spent the time and energy. We talked about knowing people for years, therefore there's low, no risk in staying where you are yeah. versus winning new business. And if you looked at the retain my book during COVID-19 or yeah. own my book during COVID-19, I think there would yeah. be some really interesting metrics. Um, the UK market, as you know, I'm, I'm passionate about it, is very mature when it comes to buying personal policies. So very much aggregator sites, digital, online, and so forth. Um, yeah. I don't think that changes. I yeah. don't think if you look at the residual risks for insurers as a motor insurer or a home insurer, well, you can say a motor insurer, less cars on the road, less accidents, less yeah. people driving. So actually, they could have a great year, and you have to have your insurance on the car still as mandated. Yeah. Your home insurance, so the fire brigade in the UK came out and said, guys, if you're working at home, please don't overload your power sockets with too many chargers or whatever else. They're looking at you, Robin, for this one. Um, so uh, so that sort of stuff. So there might be more stuff going on at home. So yeah. I, don't, I don't worry about the sales side, but then how do we service the claims and stuff going forward? What do we do around the loss adjusting? What do we do about the inspections? And yeah. that's when we've got to leverage technology and insure techs with video and so much more out there right now. Yeah. Yeah, I really hope um, I mean, maybe a few weeks. Uh, I mean, claims have been taken ages anyway in our industry. So if the client needs a customer needs to wait now eight weeks or 12 weeks instead of four, I think that's not going to change a lot when they think about our industry. But moving forward, I think we can replace so many uh, time costly things um, in the sales uh, area and the um and operations area. My question is a little bit about the future of sales. Will we see uh, brokers? Uh, what will be the uh, future of brokers? Which brokers will survive? Um, we had a discussion at some uh, some point with some clients that said now it's a time for branding for you know for for for, for agents becoming known not only for selling insurance but actually being you know the partner in life, doing consulting work, and also brand themselves inside their community. Um, in order to when the big digital you know cleanup comes and um, that they still have a value proposition and if it's just the brand the brand is still a value proposition um so so branding would be something a, a lot of people say that that's something big sales organizations should go into um, it's, it's also speed of response though if you if you're I, i've always not always i've been often skeptical about how brokers react to the insurance value chain whether they exist or not in the future Yeah. And actually having got, gone under the covers of quite a few of them recently, the investments they've made, their agility, their level and use of digital has far surpassed my expectations in some cases and yeah. shocked the hell out of me and others. There's a good balance between the two. But those that have really embraced it, I think, have got a strong opportunity to be more flexible in these sorts of times and more agile in these sorts of times. So actually, isn't it the old saying, those that will survive are not the ones that are um, or, or are the ones that can adapt quickest? Uh, yeah. the, the human race just to prove that we can we can adapt. Now it's for every one of our organizations that we work with and for to do the same thing. 
Um, I have a good, good question from Shitra. Uh, uh, she asked us both, um, probably more you than me. Um, do you think that now, okay, we are in this mood and everything is fine, but that due to the dramatic economic situation we have not touched on, which will come, um, that they will cut costs internally and that we actually will see a pushback on innovation? I think cost coming out of an insurance organization is a never-ending battle. <laughs> Not because um, of COVID generally, but because they have hundreds of years of legacy in many cases. So yeah. actually they're carrying legacy debt, whether it's technical or operational or whatever it might be. Yeah. There's not any organization that wouldn't be focused on taking out inefficiencies. I think COVID will help drive some of that further faster now because there's a more of a, a desire to manage cash flow, to manage cash in general, and to make things better for the customer. Yeah. Um, I, I actually think it would be the opposite for innovation. I was worried before before this happened that the insure tech or innovation piece was in some cases slowing down because they'd been there, they'd done all the talks with the insure techs, and mm. they were now these slow pilots. I now think this would be a real motivator for some of these things to start moving forward faster, where you've got demonstrable benefits quickly. So rather than take, hey, let's do a six-month pilot, let's do a two-week pilot. Does it work? Can it make a real difference? Let's just go with it. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm hopeful. I don't know what you think, but I'm hopeful it will drive things to a faster rather than slower. Yeah, that, 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 I think that, that, that that's what I hope. And I think you will see differences inside the industry. I have already a few carriers in mind that will play the, oh, I don't have money for innovation game, but I have a whole fleet of company cars and corner offices and other senseless things. And they will go down the route in not and using it as an excuse not to go through with innovation because I didn't like it anyway ever. But others will take it on and will say now, now it's the time to really push these things through. And now I, I think in midterm we will see inside the incumbents different layers. It's not the incumbents. I think there you have different um, layers and different fractions. You have the innovative ones, the ones who want to grow, and the other ones who are a little bit in sunset mode, but they don't know it yet. Um, your, your point about corner offices and cars, I've not seen it. I know I know it's tongue-in-cheek, but I've not seen that happen. I've not seen people go, let's let's go inward uh, like that. They've all gone, how do we – so it's always the same. You probably say the same to your kids. You know, you always go, in a time of, in a time of need, look for the people running towards you. And it appears like um, in many cases they've run towards you to go, how do we help? They've pushed yep. the customers first and foremost – and then work backwards to go, now we've sorted this piece out. How do you make this the norm going forward? And do you have some concrete, um, we have a lot of insurance professionals and, and finance professionals uh, now here. Um, what do you think, do you have some tips or ideas uh, how they personally, we talk a lot about industry, insurtech and trends, but do you have something uh, like my top three tips maybe? Um, what do you think insurance professionals, team leads, managers, senior decision makers, how they should use this time now? Oh man, it's uh, there was a funny there was a funny tweet yesterday from Anna Kendrick going, "Darn it! All those things I said I would do when I had time means I've actually got to go and do them." Um, <laughs> and we've all planned the same sorts of things. Uh, I guess for for insurance leaders, professionals, insure tech founders, for me, it's uh, we've always got a multi point plan to go right. How do we address the things that we need to address? in a cool, calm, collective way. Yeah. 
it feels like what we're in the UK. We're what in week three. So week one was uh, transition week where we were like, well, we're going to be working from home soon. Let's get there. We kind of meandered home. Uh, last week was very much a novelty. Everyone's working from home. We're on Zoom for the first time or Teams or whatever it might be. I think this is very much the first week of business as usual. And yeah. the very first comment we made about what if this what if this is for six months? How yeah. do we make this our new operating model? And we now we've now now that everyone is settled in and used to their office environment or their workspace at home and managing uh, two working parents doing conference calls at the same time and kids and homeschooling and exercise and all of a sudden I think everyone's just been thrown up into the air and said, well, how do we work all these things out? Yeah. I now think it's a case of we got there, we've done that bit. What does the next 30, 60, 90 days look like? So almost if you were starting a job today and this was the job that you walked into, the moment of crisis has finished and we're now into the moment of you've got to pick up where the crisis left off. So what's your 100-day plan for yeah. taking on this new job in a new world where you've delivered those individuals to their home or their, or their new working environment? So what's your 100-day plan from now on in assuming that we're going to be here for the next 100 days. I really love it because it's something super concrete. It's uh, something where we say, okay, uh, what, uh, what is your plan for the next 100 uh, days? What are my goals? What are my actions to reach these goals? And these actions will be different in a remote environment. I think it's also super important. I just talked to, I think, one or two days ago uh, with a friend who is actually managing a sales team. And uh, they were a bit like, oh, we don't know what to do. We don't have any business anymore. No clients want us to see us say, we need out, you need to get out of this shock stage. You know, it's okay. It's, it's you get beaten down because, you know, he loves sales. He, he got beaten down and you were laying on the floor, but you need to get up now. You need to get up and you need to think about something different. You know, maybe uh, if boxing is nothing for you and boxing is not allowed anymore, then go in something different. And because the capabilities and the, 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 the things that people are capable of did not change to Corona. You know, if you're very good with people, when you're very good with math, when you're very good at de developing products and services or coding, this did not change due to Corona. Maybe you need to adapt certain things and maybe uh, we can deliver value to our customers in a different way as an agent broker or salesperson. So, uh, but this needs to be in a structured way. Maybe this is, a, this is a German in me, but as you say, what's your 100 day plan? I think that's a really brilliant thing and maybe put it into your uh, uh, fridge uh, uh, area, which is, you know, your kitchen at home, just that's there. Uh, and maybe also, I think another truth is what I'm curious what you think about is, I mean, we live in uh, maybe times of economic turmoil and maybe there will be some hard decisions to be made for companies. Just very practical. I would try to become the most valuable employee of the team they're going to cut last. I'm laughing to myself. My wife's just kneeled in, written me a note. She's going for a walk with the kids and then kneeled back out again. So there's things like that that I think have made business so much more human. Yeah. I think beforehand, I was going on a live call. So she knew she, you know, otherwise they're all running in and running out and whatever, which is great. But business has become so much more human. And yeah. your point about your friend, you know, there's no one right answer. There's lots of things that work for different people. And you've seen if not a thousand, a million work from home guides for those that are not used to it. Yeah. Um, I try not to do work from home guides. I've written quite a lot about just my personal experiences. I'm sitting here, even now, I'm drinking coffee because I'm cold. I don't yeah. move enough, whereas when I'm at work, I'm always walking from meeting to meeting, right? So um, 
there's lots of things that are just observations that I'm sharing and putting myself out there and being honest with the community that I, you know, I, yeah. I, I happily say there's days I've just sat back and cried and went, my God, what's happened to us all? But then you go and speak to a friend or a community and you're bouncing straight back in. I think it's okay for us all to be positive and negative and have those moments, but also know that you're surrounded by everyone else that's in the same boat. So it's not just you as an individual, but if you surround yourself with the right people, there's always a positive perspective to take you out of that, I think. Yeah, I think that that's another thing I would take away from from here from today is this, you know, surround you with people with, with that, you know, will help you a little bit or that are positive. I would take this between the lines from you. And the great thing is it's just a Zoom call or a Skype call or Microsoft Teams call away. And um, of course, two weeks ago, it would have been weird or five weeks ago, it would have been weird to say, let's have a Zoom meeting and have a drink uh, after work. But now we need to How do it. Do it I, I participated uh, at my first like two weeks ago and I thought, you know, just out of social experiment. And now I was really missing it. I was like, oh, like, I think I need to initiate another one of those. Um, and I think that's that's really right. And I really hope that the mental health issue, um, which, you know, can hit everybody in a special high pressure situation, uh, that this that we that, that the people, you know, that there's enough help out there and motivation. And this is also, by the way, the idea of this daily uh, um, podcast or vlog is, you know, to to show people, others, then provide insights, motivation, and also get some concrete things like make a hundred day plan and you know call somebody on Zoom when you when you when you feel like. The old, the old, well, I the yeah. old one for me, or two or two last ones for you. I yeah. have randomly spoken to people I've not spoken to more often now as a result of this and further afield, whether it's US or uh, Australia or Tokyo, whatever else. And rather than a call or an email, hey, how are you, or a, a WhatsApp, we've jumped onto a FaceTime. All of a sudden, like, hey, how are you, Sean, or how are you, John, or whatever else. And it's nice to nice to catch up with people. So it's it's actually forced us to be more connected than ever before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a great uh, statement. I know you have a lot of things to do, not only because your wife is with the kids outside, but you have a company and a and a, and a team to run uh, in as you know, um, the partner of the Lord in the UK. Uh, yeah, and may I say, one of the most known experts in insurance, I think that's fair to say, worldwide. So thank you very much for for being thank a year year long role model of mine. Yeah, uh, and I also want to thank everybody uh, who participated in the show today, um, at least the people who, which we can see. I'm going to read them out, like Jan, Hazan, Ashley, Hugo, Logan, Harold from Holland. Hey, um, Bobby, which we have on the show on Friday, Cherie. Um, Hilario, Moshe, um, Hindi, Ra Raul, which is the great infographics all the time. Thank you very much for them. Um, and Chitra. And of course, everybody also who liked the show and shared and commented. Thank you very much for everything. Nigel, this has been a pleasure. Is there anything the insurance and InsurTech community could do for you? It's always my last question. I never ask anything. You know me, I'm quite shy and reserved. I think that I think the Ensure tech community just need to do what they do best, innovate, deliver positivity, deliver um, the, or show people the way of how we can get these things done. I speak to founders and team members all the time. Some of them, as you may expect, are worried. Most of them are optimistic. Where's their opportunity in all this to further drive that collaboration and leverage that event that says, 
by working together, we can come out of this stronger. So for me, stay sane, stay safe, and let's work out how we can help. Nigel, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks, Robin. Bye all.